Welcome back to another episode of Canceled Preacher. Me and my dad sit down on a weekly basis and uh, just talk about lukewarm Christianity and uh, revival in America and things like that. By God's grace, we want to fight for the old-time religion. And uh, this is uh, this is a first today because we're actually doing this episode Sunday uh, afternoon. My dad just got done preaching, so I imagine you're pretty uh, you're pretty hot still. You're I'm ready to, ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Go home. <laughs> Get a Mountain Dew, eat lunch, and fall asleep. Oh, on you're, the, re- you're ready to go home. I was on the say. couch. Uh, you're preaching tonight, so I have the afternoon off. So I'm excited to hear you preach tonight. So you're ready to go home. I, I was expecting you to say you're still hot and ready to preach at us. <laughs> so, but uh, well, you're all preached out, I guess. So we're going to get the uh, laid back version. I'm out of breath. Yeah. No. Well, um, we did want to do a follow up on uh, our last episode. Last episode, we talked about the shape of the Earth, basically. Um, and flat Earth, and uh, you preached on this. Uh, let me see, it was Sunday night, February fifth, and a great sermon. But then you, well, you didn't get to your sermon. You got uh, right. You got you just your, got started. Just the introduction, basically, showing how NASA lies. But you only, I mean, you always just get through your introduction. That's something. Yeah. That it seems like you say every week. Well, I got through it all today. You got through your whole sermon today. Yeah, which is kind of. Unusual. Wow. And it was a great sermon today, no, too, thank as you. well. What did you preach on? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it was great. On revival and uh, what what causes repentance. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to do a follow-up on our episode on the flat earth. We uh, we did mention that there's just no way we can say everything. And, you know, we were listening back to our podcast, and we thought, yeah, you know what? I wish we could have been a little more concise. I mean, there's so much we, we'd like to say. There's so many things we could get into. And most people... When they when they hear us talking about flat Earth, they immediately jump to these uh, conclusions, you know. Um, so uh, the the best I can the best advice I can give you is, boy, you just got to do some some diligent research on your own and um, don't go to Google or YouTube. But uh, we do want to for those and and you know what it's exciting. We got some some emails and things like that, some feedback from some people, and just said, uh, man, you really blew my mind. Um, and you you said this last time. This is a growing movement because it's it's it you know what as we get further and further away from 1969 it's a whole lot harder for nasa to prop up their lies right uh, Na- 1969 was the first time we supposedly went to the moon and that was getting close to what 70 years ago right and uh but then nasa says well we went to the moon 70 years ago but we destroyed all of the technology so therefore we cannot go back now that ought to tell you something right there you know it, it reminds me a lot of evolution because evolution was concocted, so to speak, in the 1800s, um, before we had any no any any idea of how complex life is. And as we learn more about life, uh, evolution gets more and more absurd. And as we uh, as we go further into the future, and technology advances, and we learn more about you know just our atmosphere, then the idea that we got out of lower Earth orbit just becomes more and more absurd. I mean, how can you get through the thermosphere? I mean, what is supposed to be 25? 3,000 degrees, and it's of course they say they built the, you know, the spacecrafts out of aluminum and things that would melt under, you know, uh, less than that. Yeah, yeah, and that's things we didn't even know um, back then. But uh, your follow-up, uh, what, your follow-up sermon, basically, you got into a lot of scripture, a lot of Bible verses you gave us, a lot of biblical references, and uh, so we started off talking about science, you know, and just kind of revealing a lot of. A lot of inconsistencies, you know. Um, the first week, yes. Yeah, and uh, that was, just that is intriguing. 
and a lot of times that's that's what causes someone to go and kind of look look uh, look into this thing a little bit. Absolutely. Um, like like the Antarctic Treaty. I don't even know if you got into that or not, but no, I never did. It holds the record for the longest and most countries that have ever signed on to a single treaty, and it's never been broken. Right. Um, Basically says nobody can go to Antarctica, and it's go- guarded like it was Fort Knox. Down below, what is it, the 60th parallel? And then, Something along that And then that the line. 80th parallel is like, yeah. And uh, then people say, well, you can't go to Antarctica. Well, yeah, basically the very outer edge of it. Well, yeah, where they let you go. Right. Um, but uh, so we got into a lot of that. Talked, played Neil deGrasse Tyson himself calling out Christians for their inconsistency on interpreting the Word and of God. And he's exactly right, and that's the problem we're running into in America today because churches are abandoning the Word of God and just making it say whatever they want it to say. And rather than changing science, just, you know, they want to change the Bible. Yes. That's a serious problem. Yes. Um, but anyway, so we went on from, from that, and basically that's where we stopped last time. And um, uh, keep in mind, there's, again, like I said, there's just no way. And if we've, in, if, if we've intrigued you to, to look into this, and, and uh, you know, that, that's really what you have to do. There's a common saying amongst uh, flat earthers that once you investigate it, you become one. Yeah. And everybody... Every flat earther was one time a globe uh, believer. Yep. But they researched it, and they said, you know, just researching it, the evidence is overwhelming. It cannot be what NASA is telling us. Yeah, that's, that's even pretty, without the Bible. Mm-hmm. But the Bible, the Bible, it lays the very foundation for the truths regarding the shape of the earth. That's pretty compelling. You said all flat earthers were once uh, globe believers, um, and no flat earther ever wanted to become a flat earther. And I tell you what, and uh, it, there's just a lot of uh, pushback and stigma attached to it. But uh, who cares? You know, let God be true and every man a liar. I believe um, I could convince anybody, and I have. Um, I can convince anybody in just a matter of 15, 20 minutes, um, at least to uh, not just write it off. Yeah. And and proof that what they've been told is a lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so easy to do that. Yes. Um but uh, let's see here. I was gonna we we're gonna jump into what you talked about the second week and a lot of uh, things from the Word of God. And oh, I was gonna mention this also before we get on. Um, we did upload the sermon from February fifth. You probably saw it on there. If not, uh, just know it's available now on the podcast platforms. Um, it's just an audio version, uh, and there is a video version too on Spotify. Spotify does video podcast episodes, so you take a look at that. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there that uh, that we didn't get to on the podcast, and some things in the podcast we didn't get to on the sermon. So they are, they're there to complement each other. And I'm also going to put up the second sermon uh, in in uh, conjunction with this episode. So take a look at that one as well. Uh, but anyway, what did... Uh, let's well, let's start off by saying Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 13 says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and shame unto him. So everybody ought to at least give us at least a hearing. Mm. Condemnation before investigation is a sure sign of indoctrination. Mm, that's good. No question about that. Now, I want to say something else to everybody who believes they're a Christian, but really sides with science, falsely so-called. It's one thing to believe in God, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about believing God. Yes. How many people believe God, believe what he said, believe his word is infallible without error? That's a good question right there. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to give you several reasons. In fact, I gave this during the sermon, several reasons why I believe that the earth is flat. And number one is because the Bible comes right out and says so. In Job chapter 38, and verse 14, God said, you want to know what the earth looks like? It is turned as clay to the seal. 
That's what it says. Yeah. So you have a clay, and then you lay it out, and then you push a seal down against. Like kids, they have those, you know, those signet rings or seal rings. They push down. God says that's exactly what it looks like. So you've got the upturned edge in clay, which would be the ice wall, and then you've got, um, you know, the land inside, which is the. That's what God says. Yeah. It's flat. It's turned as a seal. Um, as clay is to the seal. And I'll tell you, um, this is where it's, it's, it's very important for you to get a visual of what we're talking about. Um, and so that's why we uploaded it as a video episode. But you gotta, you got to see, because a lot of people, they, they picture it as you know these cartoons with water and ships falling off the edge. But the, the, the North Pole is in the center, and it's surrounded. The, the, the hemispheres get larger as they go towards the south, and then it's surrounded by what we call Antarctica. It's just a wall of ice. Um, and so it, it really works like a puzzle that has taken us 6,000 years to get, a, get you know, to even f- try to figure out. Right. Whereas where we thought we were circumnavigating a globe east to west, we were just going in a circle going around the magnetic north pole. Uh, and that's how compasses work. You know, a compass, like you mentioned this last time, but a compass can't work uh, on a, on on a globe. globe. Uh, the, it only makes sense that the needle would always point north uh, if uh, you're on a flat plane. Absolutely, uh, but you got to get and so you you actually showed this in in church. You used Plato in a in a well something like a signet ring, and you you just stamped it down. Right, um, but you got to get a a picture of what we're talking about there, and it really that's where the, the video episode would, would be so helpful. But uh, I'll tell you what, when I first started hearing about this, I brushed it off. I did exactly what the what the verse says not to do: answer the matter before I heard it. Um, that's right. But then when I saw and. I, you know, when I saw the, you know, some of the, some of the layouts and things, um, man, it really got me got me thinking. Um, and really, I should have I should have just gone with the Bible right off the bat, um, and uh, and just believed what the, what the Word of God says without trying to. And I I gave my testimony last week about how I even argued with you about the beginning. I remember, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but the evidence, again, is overwhelming, and the yes. Bible backs it. I should say, science backs the Bible, not the other way around. Yeah. But anyway, number two, uh, in addition to that, is because the Bible was written from a flat earth <clears throat> from a flat earth perspective, and number three, because science proves it, and you can listen to the sermons for that. So let me let me uh, uh, challenge you on that one, where the, it says the Bible is written from a flat earth perspective. We talked about this last week, but the Bible says um, there's that verse where it says he hangeth the earth upon nothing, and a lot of people will go straight to that and say. Well, that means that we're in space. You know, we're, it's this ball that's in space uh, because he hangeth the earth. Why can't he hang a flat earth on space? And by the way, it's not a, it's not a plane flat. It's not, it's not completely flat like you learn in geometry, obviously, because you can dig down. Mm-hmm. So really, if you want to really say, and we've dug down, what, six miles, and certainly it's further than that. So it's, it's not a plane. It is a, a, a rec- either a, a square or a rectangle. <laughs> Um, but I can hear people already just saying, oh, my goodness. Now well, the Bible really- says there's four corners. God, the Bible yeah. says the earth has four corners. Yep. So let the Bible denier. Let, let those that don't believe in Christ somehow defend that. Mm-hmm. But if God says the earth has four corners, then bless God, it has four corners. What was the other thing you said about that? About Because a lot of people like like that verse. And there's another one, too, that I'm trying to think of it. It just slipped my mind. But that he hangeth the earth upon nothing. You said that can go either way. That can go either way. Well, if you believe what NASA says, first of all, the it's heliocentric. The sun is, it, you know, we are orbiting around the sun. First of all, we're spinning at 1,040 miles an hour at the equator. That's number one. Number two 
is that we are orbiting the sun at 66,600 miles per hour. And then the sun is flying through space. And because of its in incredible gravitational pull, we're kind of hanging on for dear life, the Earth is, as the sun is flying through space, you know, at 500,000 miles an hour. And then the galaxy is somehow flying through space, you know, away from the epicenter or the Big Bang at a million miles per hour. That's what NASA says. Or that, that equates to five, more than 500 miles a second. Uh, how, how does that support, you know, flying through space, you know, and then he hangeth upon nothing. Okay, think about this. Hangeth. So, so does is have a cord? Is it hung like a um, a ball on a mm -hmm. Christmas tree? Right. Uh, where's that? Right. You know. Then you say, oh no, it says hangeth on nothing. Okay. Well, that that's not a problem for the flat earther either. Right. Right. It's um, got to be resting on something. And it's, you know. <laughs> the Bible says the earth has foundation and rests on pillars, and mm -hmm. the Bible says that the that God is the foundation of the pillars. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, either way, either way, if you put it in space at all. I mean, the flat or globe, that proves nothing either way. Yeah. Now, I, there's another verse that people go to a lot. Can, can you think of it? Well, I'm it talks sure. about the circle of the earth in Isaiah. That, that's Isaiah 40, I think, right? But that but is, there's that another is one. the strongest. Let me stop and say that. That is one of the strongest proofs for a flat earth. Yes. Because a circle is plain geometry. Right. Uh, so it's not right. a sphere. It's not a ball. It's a circle, which is plain geometry. That means length and width, but no depth. And, um, and Isaiah used the word for a spherical ball. Right, yeah, he used the places. word ball. Yeah, um, in different places. So, so right, he, he had the the word was out there for him to use, but he he chose to use plain geometry, um, circle. Yes, yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, but anyway, what's what's that other one you just you, that was number two was that the Bible is written from a flat Earth perspective? Okay, so yeah, so so you've got the Bible is written from a flat Earth perspective, and then you've got because what I said because science proves it, and we talked about that last week. And then if you want to listen to the sermon, you can listen to more. Uh, evidence from science proving it and then because water always seeks its level um, you would think as fast as the earth is spinning of course they say because it's so big it, it spins slow but oh brother th okay think about that they, they could try that but you know when I look at a bicycle it's spinning the the slowest closest to the axle right right and then it spins faster the further away it gets right and so no matter how you want to say it I mean more than a thousand miles an hour is pretty fast, and how come the water doesn't fly off the earth? Just like when you hit a tennis ball, put a little bit of top spin on it, and when it's wet, you know, the water comes flying off. Yeah. And they say, well, that's not a good comparison, but I think it is. Yeah. And the fact that the water is just, they don't, they, they, they rest, and they just kind of have tides, and, and um, you know, it, it, it's designed as, as exactly God wants it to be. Right. And because nobody has ever circumnavigated the world north to south, nobody. And a lot of people hear that and, and challenge and say, no, that can't be true. They think, oh, no, we've done that dozens of times. Or How come nobody's ever flown from Australia to Argentina Yeah, and over exactly. the South Pole, now, just like we fly over the North Pole? Now, they, they do fly over the North Pole all the time. Right. Um, and people will get that confused. But to start, like, say, right here in Missouri and go over the North Pole and then back around and then under the South Pole and then back to Missouri, that's never been done. Now, circumnavigating, so to speak, east to west, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. Over the South Pole, over the North Pole, and uh, over the South Pole is what it's never been done. Never been done. Nope. Because there is no South Pole. You know, it just continues and, on, and we don't know. And God told um, Jeremiah and Job thirty-eight. 
He said, you cannot measure the breadth of the earth. You know, so we don't know how, how far the ice wall goes. And that's something you've gone back to over and over again. God says we cannot measure um, the heavens or the heavens. earth. Now, here's one thing that and I've shared this with you before. One thing that's inconsistent about, you know, the way, the way they, they tell us about stars and the heavens, God always uses his, his grandiose terms for the earth. Um, he talks about, you know, the size of the earth and it, its unsearchableness. It's, you can't measure it, the foundations of it. Whereas when we start talking about, you know, we always, we're always fascinated by the heavens. And earth is this small, insignificant speck in this huge, you know, universe. God's verbiage is exactly opposite. Whereas the earth is the main, large, Focus. huge, unsearchable thing. Yep. Um, it's just the opposite. Uh, God never, never spends time just, just talking about, you know, bragging on the heavens and how big they are. That's right. Instead, he does that to the earth. Um, That's exactly right. And another one, because of the formula for the curvature of the earth, that is all you need to remember is eight inches per mile square. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. We did, but uh, we had a, a audio pro problem. I had to cut out almost all of it. Okay, so, so give me that. Yeah. Okay, so basically, um, we are on a hill in a town uh, in Union, uh, Missouri, and Saint Clair is ten miles away, and it sits basically up on a hill a little bit, and there's a McDonald's sign there and. Um, it's 10 miles away. So according to NASA, according to science, according to their map, okay, 8 inches per mile square, 10 miles, that means 66 feet. 66 feet. Now this comes. Under, uh, b b you know, below the curve. We should not be able to see it. Now this comes from basic geometry. Basic geometry. Derived from their numbers on the diameter and the circumference of the Earth. That's right. And if the Earth has a circumference of 25,000 miles, which is what they say, then it has to in order for it to form a sphere uh, in that amount of space, it has to curve eight inches per mile. Square. But the, yeah, the, the square comes in because of the curve. it, it, it uh, increases exponentially because the, the curve continues to curve. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, but however, there is, now I looked into that when I, when, when I first started learning about this. Um, and uh, there's also a variable that's entered into how elevated you are from the ground um and so a lot of people would call you out on that and say well you're on a hill so that changes all the numbers from here to st Clair. well that's true and i will i will grant that because there are hills and valleys i will grant that um however uh, when you go to the ocean it's the same thing you can see the statue of liberty from 40 50 miles out the o the ocean is the it's the ultimate nail test. in the coffin that's right because you can go and with these new cameras that they've come out with you know, suppose back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they'd say, oh, look, you can see the ship sailing over the curve. That's right. But all that is a perspective. And with these new uh, these new cameras that are just mind-blowing in their zoom capacity, zoom capabilities. Brings everything right back into focus. You can bring that right back into focus. And, it, and, you, and you can zoom way out into these ships that are 10 miles off the coast. And you're standing right there on the beach. And... Uh, zoom right in. And one you brought up was Chicago. You can see it from Michigan City. It's like 50 or 60 miles away. That's right. That's right. Um, and the fact that the buildings, they don't, they don't point away from each other. Right, because the skyline is, what, 10 miles. 10 miles. And so that, uh, what did you say? Well, 66 feet. 66 feet. Right. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a uh, lot. Especially when you're looking at two buildings that are 10 miles away and they're parallel. That's right. They should be uh, leaning away from each other. 66 feet. 
according to their math. That's now, people right. will say, we're nuts. Oh, no, you can't see it. No, it's imperceptible. The world's too big and all that kind of stuff. But we're using their math. And the inconsistency is unreal. Neil deGrasse Tyson, he says, well, you got to go in outer space to see the curve. But then he says, well, look at the ship. It's just going over the horizon. Even, even when you do go up in the air, like 120,000 feet, um, private researchers have had weather balloons go up 120,000 feet. There's not a bit of curve. In fact, the first man in space ever. Yep, Yuri, um, the Russian guy. He said, cosmonaut. It looked like a flat disc with an upturned edge. Those yep. are his words. Yep, yep. So. Uh, just right by the Bible. Yep. yep. And then, of course, as you said, compasses will not work on a globe. Flight paths. Boy, flight paths really, really nail it, too. And you showed some pictures of this, but it's it's impossible to explain. you got to look them up. But uh, they, they're they zigzagging on a globe. I mean, they're, they're, Like they're, crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're going thousands of miles out of the way. Right. Um, right. Do you have any there? Well, if you just – now, I'm not a big fan of Flat Earth Society, but uh, they seem to get a little bit more um, – uh, press, uh, I think they compromised some, but um, they have, if you go to their Facebook page, I believe that they have, well, you can find it pretty easy, 13 times airplanes have had to make emergency landings. Mm, that is, yes. According to the globe theory, it should be, they, they'd be flying five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand miles out of the way. But then when you look at it on a flat earth model, it's it's right in this flight path. Yes. I mean, you you got to look at it because it'll blow your mind. But you look at – just look at it first on a globe, the flight path on a globe, and then look at it on the flat earth model, and they're almost straight lines um, going through these these um, these different flight paths. Like where you would think the fastest route would just be to fly right over the ocean or fly over the South Pole. But no, next thing you know, they're making stops in New York. They're making right. stops in, you know, all these seems to be such inconvenient places. Uh, but you got to look into those. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is hard, yeah, it's hard to, to – you, you really need to see a visual. And I put a few of them up uh, for you to see on the sermon. But really, you ought to go check that out for yourselves. Now, there's going to be you, – if you Google it, you're going to get all the reasons why that's not true. But if you just do your due diligence and research it, you're going to find out that uh, it is true. It is true. Yes. And then another thing is because – the, the whole globe model is, is really the backbone of evolution. It really is what props it up and supports it. Mm-hmm. You know, this ever-expanding universe, and the universe is eternal and no ending. That makes the universe bigger than God. And God says he measures the whole thing in, his, in the span of his hand. So, right. you know, that's just not true. I mean, there's another thing. I don't mean to get sidetracked here, but uh, in the same verse it says he measures the heavens with the span of his hand and holds the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. Yep. And it's, I always seem so weird to me that he would talk about this, you know, um, infinitely huge universe that he would measure with the span from pinky to thumb, but then you would talk about the waters of the earth fitting in the palm of his hand. It seems like so, so disproportionate. Um, Absolutely. But now it makes so much sense because the heavens were built, were made to contain the earth, and the earth is, you know, um, it's so much more comparable from a flat earth perspective. Everything in the Bible just is so much, so much. Um, it comes to life. Yes, it really does. When you think of it this way. It, it puts the punch back into scriptures. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. And it gives the Bible the power again. Yeah. Because when man starts tampering with it, either changing it, you know, like we're talking about it. here, re-explaining it, and just uh, really the power of God is is gone, you know. Yes. The Bible outranks astronomy, astrophysics, astrogeology, astrobiology, cosmology. The, 
my question to you is, what do you believe? Do you believe NASA or do you believe the Bible? Yeah. Because they don't agree. You've got to believe one or the other. You're going to have to take NASA by faith or you're going to have to take the Bible by faith. And the Bible must be received by faith. It cannot be received any other way. Yep. But we don't want that. But NASA, they, evolution, NASA, you know, their, their whole model is, is ridiculous as well. The science disproves it. Yeah, and they don't have all the answers. They don't have all the answers. And they pretend they do. But now we don't either. But God said we're not going to have all the answers. Right. God was basically telling Job when he says, Job, stand up like a man. I'm going to require of you. And he just starts, well, where, we, where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? And um, if you could tell me how big it is, um, go ahead, declare if you know how. Basically what God was saying in Job 38, 39, and 40, he was basically saying, Job, you don't know anything. Yep. You, you don't know anything. Yep. All you know changed. is what I told you. Yep. And right, it hasn't changed. And to say, oh, no, science is now, we, now we can improve upon the Bible because now science has proven, you know, stars are billions of light years away. Unbelievable. God says all the stars are going to fall from the earth, from the heaven to the earth. Yeah, and you know what? When we take the Bible and we try to um, improve upon it by science, we're fulfilling prophecy because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, by knowledge they knew not God. Um, so they used the knowledge that God gave them to... Um, reason God away. And we do that because of our sin nature. But that's just fulfilling prophecy. As we use science to strip the Bible of its power, um, we are by knowledge knowing not God, as it says in 1 Corinthians 1. For those people that are not convinced yet, let me ask you some questions. Number one, how do you explain a bottomless pit on a globe? That's pretty good right there. Mm -hmm. How do you explain a bottomless pit on a globe? Now, we know that an angel falls from heaven, has a key to the bottomless pit. He falls from heaven to the earth, has a key to the bottomless pit, <coughs> opens up the bottomless pit. It's somewhere on earth. The, yep. the door to the bottomless pit is somewhere on earth. How does he open? And then, and then how does Satan get thrown in and falls for a thousand years? Yes. Where does the bottom, well, does he fall up when he reaches the center and starts back? You know, yep. Um, is the end of the bottomless pit when he comes out, pops out of Australia? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, the only way you can do that is for the earth to be hanging on nothing, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And um, so there's nothing under the earth. Well, there right. are some things under the earth, but, I mean, you get down underneath the, that. Underneath that, exactly right. Yeah. And so the That's Bible a mentioned one. a bottomless pit nine times. Number two, how is it possible for every single eye to see Jesus when he comes again? Yes. The Bible says in Revelation, behold, when he comes, he's coming with clouds, and every eye shall see him, every single eye. Yep. Everybody on is going to see him. Well, people say, well, that television, you know, solves that problem. Well, no, because not everybody has a television. Or right. Not everybody will be watching a television when he comes, right. you know. And uh, number three, I remember this when I was a kid. You know, I had learned a, um, a lesson in Sunday school that heaven was up, you know, on the sides of the north and mm -hmm. that, you know, look up yep. for your Redeemer, you know, draweth nigh and all that. He's coming from the sides of the north and and uh, all of that. And so I remember asking my dad, I about nine nine o'clock at night and I was about seven or eight somewhere around there and uh, I was supposed to be asleep but I couldn't sleep because this question was nagging at me and well if we're supposed to look up to see heaven then the people on the other side of the world do they look down right <laughs> yeah you know and yep. that's as much as my seven-year-old mind could comprehend but that right there a seven-year-old that would just think in, th in the context of what we're talking about a seven-year-old can figure out that NASA is is lying Mm -hmm. It's flat. It's the only way that every eye will see him yep. when he comes again. Another time, the devil takes Jesus up to an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a second. In a moment, it says. 
so he doesn't fly him around in some kind of a celestial helicopter. It, <laughs> it's not over time. He says, in a moment, showed him all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment. Now, I don't believe that, that the devil gave him supernatural power to do that. Neither do I believe that Jesus used supernatural power to see all the kingdoms of the earth because he wouldn't turn the stones to, to bread. Neither do I believe that he would do this. But it does say, and I believe, that Jesus saw all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment from an exceeding high mountain. That's what it says, and that's what I believe. In Daniel chapter 4, it speaks of a tree that reached to heaven and the ends thereof to uh, the ends of the tree to the very ends of the earth. And everybody, the Bible says, could see it. Daniel 4, 11. How is that possible on a globe earth? Right. Where is hell? That's another good one. Where is hell? Yeah. The Bible says there are people who are under the earth, not in it, under the earth. Revelation 5, 3, Revelation 5, 13 speaks of people in heaven and people in earth and people under the earth. Yep. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a flat earth perspective. Yep. And yeah. All of those are flat earth perspective. And uh, the bottomless pit and hell, I've heard some interesting theories on that. These people trying to uh, uh, reason it out. Well, you know, if, if gravity pulls everything to the center, then it's like, you know, the bottomless pit is in the middle and gravity is somehow keeping them suspended in, you know, inside the center of the earth and they're just continually falling like they're in a wash or like a dryer. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, wow, you. And you know what? I thought, okay, if it's the globe, that, that's about the best I can come up with too. But uh, it, the Bible opens up when you just understand it. Well, there's. Here's the thing. The earth is flat. Bible says that. There is no outer space. There's no final frontier. I'm sorry, all you Star Trek fans. You were one of them. I you, was. You, me and you, in fact, when I was a kid, you were, you were like, we were going to go to East Central College, to their observatory. Yes. And Because we were both into this stuff. Like I said, we used to watch Carl Sagan. We used to love th talking about the stars and light years away. I wanted to be an astronomer when I was a kid. By the way, that's one of the things an evolutionist will, will bring up to a Christian right away and say, how come we can see that star that's... that's no, 6,000 light years away. Because it's not as big, and it's small and close. And yet, because it's not 6,000, you know, it's, 6 million it's, light it's, years away. It's inside the firmament. But they'll say, because that star is 6 million light years away, and you can see it, that proves that the, that the Earth has to be, or the universe has to be, more than 6 million years old. Um, but all that's fairy tale nonsense. And how do they know is that far? God says you cannot measure the heavens. Speaking of how do they know, um, you said, where's the Earth? It's un where's, where's hell? It's under the earth, and science has given us this graph of the ball, and they've got it all mapped out of the mantle of the earth and the core. The farthest we've ever drilled down is like six miles. five or six miles. That's right. We've got no idea what's down there. That's By right. the way, you, you can't go up because it gets too hot, two, three, four thousand degrees in the thermosphere. You can't go down. You can't go down because it gets uh, incredibly hot. That's right. Um, but well, anyway, so something else that I, I had mentioned, God came down and saw that the children— well, the people were building a tower oh, yeah, to reach good. to heaven. Yep. And God came down and says, if this is what they begin to do, there'll be no end of what, they're, what they can do. They just put their imagination yep. to it. And so God says, I don't want this. I do not want you coming up here. I'm right. not going to let you come up here. Mm -hmm. And God says in Psalm chapter 115, I think verse 16, it says, I made heaven for me and earth for you. God did not make Mars for man. He does not want us on Mars. He did not make the moon you know, for man, there is no such thing as outer space. There's no such thing as the moon landing. There's just no way. Uh, you can't measure that. Yeah. God, in fact, God says, I gave the sun, the moon, and the stars for times and for seasons. Yep. So the sun tell the time of day, the moon, the month, and uh, the stars, you know, how they move, you know, rotate every 
the time of the year. Yeah. One year. So you got the year, you got the month, and then you got the day. That's exactly what God said. I mean, you might as well try landing on the sun as you land on the moon. You can't mm-hmm. land on either one of them. Mm-hmm. God does not want us there. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's just so much. I wish we could cover it. Well, let me mention this. You have a website. Well, we ought to tweet that out or um, send it out on Facebook or whatever because you haven't published it as a domain, but uh, you, you can't find this stuff. And by the way, when I started looking into this stuff, you know, 10 years ago or so, um, you know, there, there was a lot less censorship. And I remember listening to a guy named Eric Dubai. You can't find him. He's great, great authority. You can't find him nowhere. Skiba, um, yep. Rob Mark Skiba, Sargent. Uh, yeah, these guys, um, they've been censored. And that's the, for those who have already done some research, that's just further proof that the powers that be are hiding, you know, um, the truth. But um, you've got links to all these guys on your, yes. your website you made. And you've got a link to a great model. And people are asking, well, how do the seasons work? I thought the seasons came from the tilt of the earth. It's all it's all clearly explained as God said it is. And there's models that illustrate all that. So we'll, uh, we ought to treat, tweet out that link and uh, that way people yeah, can we'll see Yeah, we'll get that, that up. And also the... The sermon, we'll get that up as well with this episode. You can see the video episode on Spotify. Um, you can see some of the pictures and things like that. It's uh, just There's just way too much to cover. Yeah. We could be talking about this forever, but and that's not do. the purpose of the platform. But, um, but yes, I mean, this we've, is two times, and we've just really just just nicked yeah, but me the and you, tip of the iceberg. And me and you just sitting down, sometimes we'll just talk about this stuff. I mean, when we first got into it, we talked about it for hours and hours and oh, hours. Oh, I remember reading books on it. I remember hours and hours and hours watching YouTube videos up all night long. It was just my eyes were open. I yeah. couldn't believe I'd been lied to yeah. all of this time. Yeah, I had the same feelings. But now also we're not, you know, this isn't turning into a Flat Earth podcast. We've done two episodes on it. But honestly, the last time you preached on it was what? 2018. So what, five years ago? Five years so ago. So we're not on some kind of tangent. Before you feel like, oh, this is the second episode, I'm going to listen to this because it's all flat earth. We're done, you know. But honestly, it was just so much stuff. We couldn't, I couldn't preach it in one week. And then we thought, well, we ought to just follow it up. But hopefully you can see that that the whole premise of this podcast is your little interpretation of Scripture. And that's what's given birth to this this idea, you know, this um, teaching as well. And that's really why I, I preached it. Yeah. And I say that right at the beginning because most of us are just not Bible believers. We're science believers, and it's and we're science falsely so-called. We're being deceived by the devil who's got control of government. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it is a blessing to have you join in and listen to us week after week. We appreciate so much uh, your support. Yes, and thanks for reaching out, those of you who do. And uh, look for those uh, several things we said. We'll get up on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you follow us. And also, um, we'll have the video episode of the sermon that was preached in conjunction with this episode so thanks for listening and we'll talk next week